Michael, what's up? You hear me? Yeah, I got you. You're in. Okay, okay, cool, cool. All right, what's going on? Uh, glad to be here. Um, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about a few coaches on the rise and a few coaches on the fall um, who could be on the hot seat after the season. So um, let me get started with uh, a coach who I think could make a big improvement this year. And I'm going to start with uh, San Francisco 49ers Kyle Shanahan. Um, I think he's an offensive genius. We saw what he's done in offensive coordinator, especially in Atlanta. Matt Ryan had his uh, MVP season with him. He goes to San Francisco, and he struggled a little bit because he didn't really have his quarterback, but now that he's got Jimmy Garoppolo, um, they won, I believe, five straight games. And they started out 1-10, uh, ended up 6-10, and ten, not even that bad of a year. Um, they really found a leader in Garoppolo now that Kyle Shanahan has his guy. I think we're going to see how great of a coach he really is and just how smart he is. Um, another example is um, Kirk Cousins had a great year in Washington with Kyle Shanahan, and he just makes his quarterback so much better. His offenses are great. Um, he's a great leader, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the 49ers in the playoffs this year. Um, so Kyle Shanahan's my first coach on the rise. What do you got, John? I'm right there with you, Michael. Kyle Shanahan, one of the coaches who's definitely on the rise, who's going to probably uh, – have one of the biggest gains as far as uh, coaching legacy goes this upcoming season. And when you look at him and you look at uh, the Atlanta Falcons now and what they are after he left, you know, they're just struggling to find their identity. It wasn't like that at all when Kyle Shanahan was there. Steve Sarkeesian is doing everything he can to maintain something, and he's so far behind what Kyle Shanahan brought to the table. So I agree with you, Kyle Shanahan, his X and O's and his uh, creative uh, play calling uh, put this guy on another level. Like you said, Jimmy Garoppolo's coming in. They're definitely trending in the right direction. Definitely. Um, so for my second coach I have, uh, he's, actually, this is, he's actually a new coach, uh, is Pat Shermer from the New York Giants. And the reason I say this is because um, – he had a lot of success as the offensive coordinator in Minnesota last year. We saw what he did with Case Keenum. Uh, we saw what he did with Nick Foles in Philly. That was the season when Nick Foles threw 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, he's known for making average quarterbacks play above average and play very well. That's what he's known for. Um, he got the job in New York, and the reason I say he's actually turning upwards is because he's got Eli, he's got Odell, he's got Barkley, he's got Shepard, he's got Ingram. He's already got a pretty good defense. Uh, they they hired a Betcher to be their defensive coordinator, who around the league is known as a very good defensive coordinator. Um, and also, I don't think there's a lot of pressure in New York. I know that's that's surprising to say. Not a lot of pressure in New York. Um, but so, just because they were 3-13 and 13 last year, if Pat Schumer comes in and has some success and just gets away from the debacle of what was the Ben McAdoo era in New York Giants and just shows some success on offense, and they win, say, seven to eight games, then people are going to say, wow, Pat Shermer is probably going to be the guy. He, he that can lead this team to a playoffs maybe the year after. And, you know, uh, once they maybe can find the Eli's successor, then they say, uh, this guy is going to be the guy. This guy's going to lead us to the playoffs every year. And they can put the New York Giants back on the map. So the expectations aren't crazy high for the Giants next year. If they win eight games, then people are going to say, wow, they're eight and eight. Uh, they're on the rise next year coming up. They're going to be even better. They're going to be a playoff contender. So he just needs to have some success. Um, uh, and we've seen him do it before uh, in Minnesota and Philly and other places. So really excited to see what he can do. I think that's my second coach on the rise. 
Okay, my second coach on the the rise is going to surprise you a little bit. I'm going with Hugh Jackson in Cleveland. I think he's had like one win and like 31 losses over like the last two seasons. But he gets the best running back on uh, free agent available in Carlos Hyde. He gets Josh Gordon back full time. Um, Jarvis Landry, Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield's in the, uh, waiting in the stables to eventually uh, come take over this team, although we don't know how long that's going to take. But Hugh Jackson has been awful these last two seasons, but now he has all these weapons to uh, improve his situation. There's really no place to go for Hugh Jackson but up. So I definitely think Hugh Jackson is going to improve a lot this year. Will he be able to hold uh, hold off uh, being fired? Um, we'll see, you know. It's an interesting one. And just in a few minutes, I'll, I've got a take on that one. Okay. Okay. So, um, and my third coach on the rise, I'm going to go with Bill O'Brien out of Houston uh, just because okay. Deshaun Watson's coming back. I think Bill O'Brien has always been a good coach. He took Matt Schaub to the playoffs, I believe, twice. And just if they get healthy, uh, they're a great team. Um, he struggled last year and only won four games last year because Tom Savage was his guy. Their defense wasn't great. And Houston's always had a good defense. And just all of a sudden last mm-hmm. year, they just – injuries just everywhere. J.J. Watson been hurt Kill. for a while. You know, now they've got – they're going to get Clowney back. Um, he's going to be healthy. J.J. Watt's going to be healthy, hopefully. Deshaun Watson's going to be healthy. I thought they had a decent draft, getting some help in the secondary. Uh, the secondary's not great, yep. but it's, it's good enough. They got a honey badger. They definitely yep. got the honey badger. That's going to be a huge addition there at safety. So I think Bill O'Brien, um, I think Houston's going to be a playoff team this year. Um, I think we're actually going to be able to see Bill O'Brien do stuff. What I admire the most about Bill O'Brien is a lot of coaches, at least old school coaches, they say, uh, when they get these kind of running quarterbacks or dual threat guys and they say no 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 you have to sit in the pocket uh you have to do what i'm telling you you have to run my system but bill o'brien said no deshaun watson you're good at all of this you're good at a b and c so we don't we're gonna do we're gonna run a b and c and i think that had a lot to do with the success of deshaun watson when he was healthy a lot of rpos um able to scramble at times putting him in situations to be successful and kind of just getting over the fact that i'm the coach you run my system more of the fact no, you're the player. I'm going to help you be successful by doing the things that you're good at. Playing to his strengths. I like it. Yep. Uh, my next coach on the rise is Doug Marone from Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is loaded. You know, uh, they get Moncrief. They get Austin Safirian Jenkins, who's actually been looking really good in camp so far. Um, defensively, they get Tavon Bryan in the draft, so their defensive line is just on another level, probably the best defensive line in the league. And uh, I just think because of all this talent, that's going to help Doug Marone take the next step because he can he doesn't even have to be a great uh, play caller on either side of the ball. He can just roll the ball out and let all this talent do uh, the coaching for him. And what I mean by that is they're going to put up wins so no matter what, it's going to make Doug Marone look like a better coach than he is. So because of that, uh, I think he's going to be on the rise. Uh, I 100% agree. He was the guy I was thinking about putting on my list. Um, wasn't able to put him on, but I'm a big fan of what he's got going on in Jacksonville. they got a great team going on. So now we're going to move on to uh, some coaches that could potentially be on the downfall, some coaches you might see on the hot seat um, after the season. There's always coaches – 
fired at the, at the end of the season. Some of them we expected. Some of them uh, can be very surprising. So, John, I'm going to actually let you go. I'm going to let you start this one. Give me your first coach you think could be on the downfall or could be on the hot seat after the season. He's not going to be on the hot seat, but he very could well, very could uh, take a downfall a little bit, and that's Bill Belichick. And one of the reasons Bill Belichick take a little bit of a downfall is because there's so much chaos surrounding the Patriots right now. Tom Brady's disgruntled. Rob Gronkowski's disgruntled. Uh, you know, really through all this, Dante Hightower has been the guy who's been stepping up and being the leader and trying to silence all the drama going on. And when Brady and Gronk, the guys that have been there forever, aren't, you know, stepping up and being the leader and being the face of the team, I just think that's not a good formula for the Patriots. Um, even though they went to the Super Bowl last year, they didn't get it done. And Belichick is risking alienating some of the players in his locker room. So because of that, I'm worried about the Patriots. And Bill Belichick could take a little bit of a, a hit this upcoming season. Yeah, definitely. I think the Malcolm Butler thing really hurt a lot of the players. Absolutely. Just cause when, when you think Patriots, it's Tom Brady take a pay cut. Rob Gronkowski take a pay cut. Run my system. Do my thing. Don't talk to the media. You know, no, have, don't, right. you know there's really not a lot of fun there. It's, it's run my system, win games. And then the players see they're out there trying to win a Super Bowl, and they see their best defenders not on the field because of reasons we still don't know. The coach did that. So the players are kind of saying, whoa, 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 whoa. We did all these things for you. You need to help us. And it just isn't happening. I think that has a lot of dysfunction to that uh, organization. Absolutely. You nailed it. So my first coach on the downfall is actually going to be Hugh Jackson, who you think is on the rise, which I understand why you say saying 0-16, you can't go down. The reason I say this, is because a lot of the chatter from these quarterbacks that just got drafted, uh, when you look at guys like Sam Darnold, what are the Jets saying about him? They say, oh, this guy, he's great. You know, He's taking third-string reps, but he can compete for starting jobs. We really like what we see. When you go to Buffalo and see Josh Allen, they're saying, wow, he's got arm talent. He's unbelievable. Go to Arizona, they're saying, what they're saying about Josh Rosen, they say, hey, this kid's just as good as Sam Bradford, if not better. What do they say about Lamar Jackson, Baltimore? They're saying, he's a young Mike Vick. But what are they saying about Baker Mayfield in Cleveland? They're not saying anything. They're saying, wow, Tyron yeah. Taylor, he's, he's the leader of the team. He's, he's the guy. That worries me because we saw what Tyron Taylor did in Buffalo, and I was on the Tyron Taylor bandwagon for the longest time. But until last season, I, just, I had to get jump off, and I was like, look, Tyron Taylor's just not good. He holds the ball too long. He doesn't, he, I don't think he's ever thrown 300 yards uh, in a game before. Um, this Browns team, they have talent, and it's not necessarily Hugh Jackson's fault that um, they went 0-16, but I, I just think there's too much dysfunction there. I think Baker Mayfield pick is, might take a little bit longer than people have hoped for. I think they're going to roll out with Tyrod Taylor for the first eight weeks or so, you know, a lot longer than people may have expected. Um, I know they got a good receiving core, but to me, receivers don't win you a lot of games. Uh, their offensive line is not great. And they got Carlos Hyde, but I don't think they're going to run the ball that well. I don't see a lot of changes from last year, and I think eventually what's going to happen is there's going to be too much dysfunction, and John Dorsey, the new general manager, is going to want to bring in his guy next year, and I think maybe they win three, four games, and then Hugh Jackson will get fired and put Baker Mayfield behind the eight ball again, getting a new coach in. So I, I think Hugh Jackson's actually on the downfall um, and actually has a lot to do with the Baker Mayfield pick, whether that whether that was his choice or not, whether that was his guy. If you want me to talk draft, I can talk draft for hours. 
But um, I think that's going to be – that actually is going to be the downfall of Hugh Jackson. Okay. Uh, my next guy in the downfall is Pete Carroll. Uh, Pete Carroll is such a good coach, but he ships off all his great players. Jimmy Graham leaves, Michael Bennett leaves, Richard Sherman leaves, and now we're kind of like, where do the Seahawks go from here? They have to regain their identity as a football team. I think that's going to take probably five or six weeks to do so. I'm just worried about Pete Carroll and uh, what he's going to do out west in Emerald City. Um, I just don't know how it's going to end up being a better season for the Seahawks. So Pete Carroll, I think, is going to take a little bit of a hit this year. Probably will be the second straight year he hasn't gone to the playoffs. Most definitely. The one thing I want to say about Pete Carroll is he's very he's, he's a player's coach. You know, he lets his players – he's almost like a polar opposite of Bill Belichick. And I think we right. saw that it worked for a while. But I think when you give the players too much power – then these things start happening, and then contracts start expiring, and the front office says, "Hey, we, you know, we we want you at a lower contract." But these players feel like they have so much power that they've always had, and now they're trying to get it taken away from them, and they need to take pay cuts. And I think that's a it can help you get to the top, but I think being such a player's coach, it can lead to your downfall as well. So I think that's kind of that's yeah. what's hurting them so far. We, yeah. So my next Absolutely. on the downfall is uh, Dirk Cutter from Tampa Bay. Um, he was on the hot seat at the end of this year. Some people thought he might get fired after last season, after a disappointing year. Um, two seasons ago, they almost made the playoffs the first time in a while. We were thinking, oh, Buccaneers could be the real deal. And then disappointing season last year, they finished last place in their division. Um, they got to have a great year for him to keep his job. They're in a really tough division. Um, but Jameis Winston needs to get healthy. He's got to play well. Their defense, they just drafted Vita Vea to bolster that defensive line. They traded for Jason Pierre-Paul. So they've got something there. Um, they've got to get after the pasture. They still have a great secondary. They've got to have some type of success this year because they're sitting in the division. They say, How Falcons just went to the Super Bowl. Hey, Saints got Drew Brees. They just won the division in 11 games. Hey, Panthers went to the Super Bowl two years ago, and now they're winning 11 games again, and here we are back winning you know, six, seven games every year like Tampa's been doing for a while. They need to improve. Dirk Cutter's got to take that team. They don't. I don't necessarily need, think they need to make the playoffs, but they've got to show some improvement. They've got to be in the run for playoffs, for playoff appearance. And I think Jameis Winston has to play well. He was hurt last year. Um, he's got to prove that he was worth that number one overall pick. He did two years ago. He played great last season. He fell off a little Not bit. So they need Jameis Winston to play well, and they need that defense to step up. So Dirk Cutter is my second coach that could be on the hot seat after this season. Um, I think uh, another coach that's going to be trending downwards, I'm worried about Dan Quinn. I think he's a great coach. Uh, I think after the Super Bowl when they lost, how he went on TV and just showed how much character uh, he has. And, you know, he kind of kept morale high through that trying time. And I was like, wow, this guy is a true leader. But at the same time, you know, Julio Jones is disgruntled. Um, they're taking a step back with Steve Sarkeesian. They look like they're trending in the wrong direction, and I think that's going to hurt Dan Quinn a little bit. I think he's got a lot to deal with. Maybe he uh, he's a surprise team and, you know, they get it back on track, but if not, he's going to have a lot of pressure mounting against them. Yeah, that's actually surprising. I never really thought of it just because, you know, the Falcons are – have been great the last few years, but you know, now that you're saying it, it makes sense. It does. It makes a lot of sense. That could be something to watch down in Atlanta. My third yeah. coach 
that could be in the hot seat, Adam Gase out of Miami. They, that team is just, it seems like a bunch of overpaid guys who don't fit well. Uh, we saw that with Ndamukong Sue, even though they got rid of him, but they're bringing Ryan Tannehill back. He's coming off an ACL injury. And Tannehill's never been a great quarterback. I think he's just a guy who's a little bit better than Blake Bortles. You know, they they don't have Jay Ajayi anymore. Are they going to be able to run the ball? I don't know. They, now they have Kenyon Drake, who's – he had a decent rookie year, but um, they don't have a lot of talent. Their defense isn't great. They really don't have a quarterback. Adam Gase is a smart guy. I just don't think the front office helped him at all. I think he's a very good offensive coordinator. I don't know what Miami's going to do next year. Luckily, they're not in a good – I mean, they play the Patriots, but, but they're not in a good division. I think they might be able to pull – a couple woods there. Um, I think that would be the only way that he may be able to keep his job. I just fear they just don't have the talent uh, to compete with some other teams, to compete with playoff teams. And, you know, he took the team to the playoffs a few years ago, which was remarkable. But I just feel the front office failed him on this one. He's going to try to do his best, but I think ultimately uh, he, at the end of the season, you know, maybe they win five, six games. They're going to be looking for a new coach come January. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. He's such a good uh, ex-Nose guy, but he doesn't seem to know how to manage talent very well. And, you yeah. know, that's that's costing him down there. So I some agree 100% with that. Yeah, some coaches are really good coordinators, but then you got to put up a head coach, and it's just, you know, it just doesn't yeah. connect. It's just not there, you know. It's a big difference yeah. you don't realize. I agree. That's what the problem is, too. That lack of connection between him and his players is really what's unraveling gaze in Miami. Yeah. Um, so, so and what I want to do, I want to ask you kind of on the spot real quick, who is the one coach who you may think uh, just surprised everybody and just have a great year or a guy who you, everybody thinks is going to be great and just going to take a downfall or just something like that. Just give me one coach. Just give me a name, you know, a sentence or two about it. Uh, I'm just putting you on the spot here. So I, I just wanted to see what you got for me. I, I believe in Sean McVay. I mean, the guy is a creative Definitely. genius as far as offensive play calling goes, and now he's got all that talent. I think Sean McVay is going to light it up this year. You know I've been a firm Rams believer all off season, so McVay for sure. Definitely. Um, if I had to say mine, I'm actually going to go with John Gruden, and I just think he's not going to be as successful as people think. Um, you know, he was a great okay. coach back then um, when he won his Super Bowl in Tampa, when he was with the Raiders before. I just think he's very old school, and the NFL's moving to the new school. They, The Raiders had uh, four players above the age of 29 before he came in. Now they have 13. Uh, and they're, they had two different draft boards this year, which is unheard of. Um, they had their right. general manager was trying to convince the front office to pick one guy, while John Gruden was trying to convince the front office to pick another guy while they were on the clock. That's something you do weeks before the draft. They do that on the clock and try to mix and match their board. Um, to some people, so they have, oh whatever, it's such draft, yeah. Um, but to me, they have I, conflicting agendas. Yes, when to a draft junkie like me, that's unheard of. That's the most concerning draft rumor I've probably ever heard just showing that the John Gruden wants to take control. Uh, he's kind of getting it. McKenzie, the general manager is kind of getting it, but they're button heads right now and they're getting older. I didn't like their draft at all. 
Um, and Derek Carr's got – he had a bad year last year. He's got to have a great year for them to compete. Um, and I'm afraid that Gruden, uh, Gruden's old-school approach to the game, and he, he doesn't really like rookies. He likes his veterans. Um, I'm kind of afraid that, you know, when you get veterans, what do veterans do? Either they're great in the locker room, they're great in the field, but they're more prone to get hurt. Um, if they get hurt, Derek Carr doesn't have a great year, you're going to be like, oh, okay, maybe John Gruden wasn't the best hire just because he's been out of the game for so long. That's my uh, surprise downfall, Coach. Okay. I, I hear you. So, you know, maybe the, the decade away from the game is just too much for him to overcome and just never gets it back. Yeah, I was a little sad that he got the job because I loved watching him on Monday Night Football. I thought he was always a funny guy. And I loved watching his uh, QB camps with the new income coming yeah, draft awesome. rookies. I loved watching that with him. So. Definitely a smart football guy, of course. Um, I think his, his son, Jay Gruden in, in Washington, is, I think he's he's a very successful coach. I like what he's got going on. Isn't um, that his brother? Is it his brother? Yeah, it's his brother. It is his brother. I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Shanahan. It's Kyle Shanahan's Mike Shanahan's son. That's what Mike Shanahan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I makes those two up. Yeah. So, uh, is there anything else yeah. you want to say? No, uh, we I think we did pretty well on this one. Yeah, so uh, real quick, I want to talk to you guys about the betting blueprint. This is going to be coming around around training camp. It's going to be great for you guys. Um, um, we got a lot of information coming, you, a lot of statistics, everything you need to know when it comes to betting. We've got it for you guys. More information will be coming out. A lot of stuff you're going to see on Twitter. Um, you're going to see it on our blog. It's going to be there for you. Really hope you guys like it. Uh, we, we're going to continue to keep working on it. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you guys for visiting our website. Thank you for everything we've done. Could have done without you. Um, and we hope you're here for the long run because we've got some great stuff coming. We, you know, uh, we're really excited for our future here, and we hope that uh, you join us on that run too. So thank you guys for everything. Um, John, I think we did good today. Um, uh, we're good. Uh, I'm all good. I'm on. Yep. All right. Good thank to you. Go. I'll speak to you soon. All, all right. right. Take care, Mike. Take care. When we go out to eat, we never agree on where to go. I want burgers! Pizza! Tacos it is. The one thing we do agree on is, we all want unlimited high-speed data. That's why we switch to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four lines with unlimited LTE data for just $100, period. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Requires new line. During congestion, the fraction of customers using more than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. Video streams at up to 40p. No tethering. See store for details and terms and conditions. Say bye-bye to your baby's mouth pain. Highlands Baby Oral Pain Relief Tablets, made without benzocaine, is a natural remedy to soothe and relieve your baby's oral discomfort. Happy baby, happy mama. Claims based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated.